Hare Krishna. Yeah, the spiritual world, every word is music and every step is a dance. Kathaganam, Natyam, Gamanamapi, Bangsi, Priyasakhi, Chidanandam, Jyoti, Paramapi, Tadasyaddam, Apicha. And also, it's a place of festivity all the time. So we should try our best to create that mood in our temple specially or wherever we go. There should be festival. And that festival shouldn't be for the sake of sense gratification, but our festival is for the sake of pleasing Krishna and glorifying Krishna. So, and the knowledge that is there, that knowledge is actually the source of joy. Chidananda, Chitananda, the transcendental joy, the joy of the heart is the Jyoti. The Jyoti means effulgence. The effulgence that is there in the spiritual world is the joy. And the material nature we don't really experience that. Sometimes we do, like when the sunshine especially in winter morning, huh? doesn't it fill our heart with joy? Just to be there. And the other day I saw someone lying down <laughs> in the field, <laughs> basking in the sun. And <clears throat> so Krishna has given that knowledge in Bhagavad Gita. And that's what we are cultivating. Like Bhagavad Gita, if we go chapter by chapter, then we see the first chapter is just setting the scene. What is the battlefield like? Two sides have gathered to fight, and all these in this incredible warriors on two sides. It's, um, I mean, that's why about Battle of Kurukshetra was so remarkable. Like some of these warriors, they were immortal practically. Bhishma was immortal. Dronacharya was immortal. Ashuttama was immortal. And uh, all the five sons of Pandu are also, uh, time and time again it comes out in the Puranas that uh, I also mentioned, uh, quoting Srimad Bhagavatam, that Bidura, Drupad and others did not believe that Pandavas died. When the news spread that the house of Shelak was burnt, and five brothers along with Kunti died there. But many of them did not believe. 
because they knew that the Pandavas were born as expansions of demigods. Therefore, just as demigods cannot die, the Pandavas couldn't die. So, these are the personalities, invincible warriors, and they are going to fight. But then we can also see, although they were immortal in their own way, but from the opponent side, everyone was killed. All those personalities. And this is Krishna's arrangement. Krishna can make impossible possible. That is Krishna's divine potency. That is Krishna's divine ability. And that's why he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead because He is the, he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. <coughs> Creation emanated from Him. Sustenance is conducted by Him. And eventually annihilation also will be Him. And that is why time and time again the scripture's instruction is surrender. So here's a personality whose influence you cannot really avoid. Whether you accept it or not, he is going to control everything. So since he is the supreme controller, then might as well submit to him. He is the controller, so let me be controlled by him. That's the meaning of surrender. Let me be controlled by Him. And when we do that, then everything becomes simple, easy. So that's why the instruction time and time again is surrender, surrender, surrender. Mamekam Sharanam Braja Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Jivedaya Kori Shaparshad Shriyodham Shaho Avatari Uttanto Durlabho Prem Koribare Dan Shikhaye Sharanagati Bhakutero Pran. In order to bestow, in order to award us the most rare, most rare Krishna Prem, he is teaching us the process of surrender. So that is the unique aspect of surrender. You surrender, and what will you get? Uh, the most precious wealth of, not of this material nature, of the spiritual world. The entire wealth of this material nature cannot even compare to a tiny little speck of the spiritual sky. Uh, you take a speck of dust in the spiritual sky and place it in the balance and on the other side of the balance you just put all the wealth of this material nature. Still uh, it will not balance it. So now you consider this, if that is what spiritual world is like then the most precious wealth of the spiritual world what it like what it's like
And that has become available to us. And all we have to do is surrender. Ottanta durlavo prem kodibare dan shikhaye sharanagati. Sharanagati means the way to surrender. Which is the very life of devotion. <coughs> Sometimes we just take it for granted or we forget what we are actually pursuing. Uh, as I noticed, like so often devotees forget, I mean, devotees just stop chanting their rounds. Uh, and that is why there is this need of arrangements like this. That is the reason why we go around just to inspire you, just to remind you about the importance of the spiritual life. Don't take it lightly, take it seriously. But the material nature is like that. We tend to forget. And especially the influence of the outside world is so strong, so powerful. So that's why uh, we have to be very careful, we have to be very very uh, diligent and that's why we, are, we make arrangements for this seminar so that you can come and we can remind you about the importance of spiritual life. So never neglect your spiritual responsibilities. Uh, always remember that the time of initiation you have taken the vow of chanting the four regulative principles, I mean chanting sixteen rounds and following the four regulative principles. These are the two most important considerations. Uh, never forget, never neglect to complete your sixteen rounds and chant it diligently. Chant it attentively. Chant it without committing offenses. And the best way to commit, best way to guard yourself against the offenses is maintain a humble attitude and have faith in the words of Srila Prabhupada. Whatever Srila Prabhupada said, just accept it wholeheartedly. And <clears throat> And maintain a humble attitude. The trouble starts when we become arrogant. The trouble starts when we become influenced by a false ego. That's why get rid of the false ego. False ego means the tendency to consider that you are the best, you are the biggest, you are the supreme. So give up that attitude. Krishna will, Krishna will award you uh, various situations, various positions, which will make you feel, uh, make others feel that you are so great. Mm. Krishna will make that arrangement. But when that happens, when it comes, the when that allure, when that recognitions, appreciation 
and respect and honor come, the more it comes, then try to become more humble. And that is the way to go about it. And in this respect, a beautiful example is that a tree that is full of fruits. Uh, have you noticed it? Uh, fruit trees. Generally the branches are going up straight, very uh, straight and upright. But when the fruits come, then what happens? The tree bends down. The more the fruits, more it will bend down. So that is how it should be with a devotee. The more qualified he becomes, more humble he becomes. More honor and recognition come, all the honor and recognition makes him more and more humble. Because he never accepts anything as his own credit. He offers it to his spiritual master and Krishna. So that is the process, simple process. The process that purifies the heart. And the more the heart becomes purified, the more softer it becomes. Softer it becomes, more uh, humble it becomes. An arrogant person, you will notice, has very hard heart. In order to become humble, we need a soft heart. So cultivate that, to how to make the heart softer and softer. Okay, so now we can go back to our Bhagavad Gita. So, what our activities should be like? Can anybody stay without working? Can you even be inactive for a moment? Can you be inactive even for a moment? So we have to act. So how should we act? Jaggarthat karmano annatra lokoayam karma bandhana. Lokoayam karma bandhana. Tadarthaṁ karma kuntaya mukta sangha samachara. How should we act? Jaggarthat. Jaggarthat means for the sake of jagya. For the sake of who is Jagya? Krishna, Vishnu. Work done as a sacrifice for Vishnu has to be performed. Otherwise, work causes bondage in the material nature. Do you want to become bound to this material nature? I'm sure no one here wants to be bound to this material nature now that you've got all these informations. So, 
Now the question is, uh, what does being bound mean? Uh, what is what is the meaning of that being bound? Bound means being tied down to this material nature so much so that at the time of death we won't be able to go. Uh, we may think everything is all right, uh, but a slight little material attachment uh, can tie us down to the material nature. Mm. We have to remember that mm, we have to, our mission is actually to become free completely at the time of death. But that's not going to happen accidentally. Okay, let me put it this way. How many of you want to come back again to this material nature? Huh? Well, huh, of course, at the same time we know our understanding is if Krishna wants, he'll come back. Isn't it? Uh, that is our attitude. If Krishna wants, he'll come back. Hmm. But on our part, uh, our goal should be let's... Uh, become, let's not come back on for our sake, for our uh, act. Because you see the difference is when Krishna sends you or when Krishna wants you to come here, then Krishna, we, it is for Krishna's purpose. But if we come back on our, due to our own attachments, then we don't really know what's going to happen because it will happen due to the karmic reactions. And there is no way of knowing what kind of birth we are going to get. We can get an animal birth, we can get an insect birth, we can get... Uh, like when uh, Amarish Prabhu, Henry Ford's great-grandson, went to meet, was brought to Srila Prabhupada, he was introduced his Henry Ford's great-grandson. Prabhupada's reaction was, Oh, where is Henry Ford now? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, in the person who had been Henry Ford, whose name is recognized and honored and respected uh, and remembered, even today, here in this world, we don't even know where he has gone to and what kind of body he has got. So that's why we should be very, very vigilant, very, very careful that we at least on our part remain free from any possibility of getting tied down to this material nature. So, and the process Srila Prabhupada has given, that's why we are, uh, we are so strict on this point, chanting 16 rounds, following the four regulative principles. Because these 16 rounds takes time, takes effort. Uh, and this effort we take for the sake of our faith in the process. 
in spite of all these difficulties, we chant 16 rounds, make it a point to chant 16 rounds, because we have faith, and this is a demonstration of our faith. And because we trust in words of Srila Prabhupada, and that's why we chant the holy name, no matter how difficult it may be. I can well imagine how difficult it must be, because, you know, I have all my time given to Krishna Consciousness. Still I find it difficult to finish my rounds. And what to speak of you all? You all are working outside, all if, most of your time has been uh, sold out to others. To find that the time to chant 16 rounds is, I'm sure it's very, very difficult. That's why the best thing to do is just finish your rounds early in the morning. Um, okay, <laughs> maybe you can either take care of your baby or... So, make it a point to finish your rounds early in the morning. Get up early. I know many of you are doing, and for that matter, Hemanga Chaitanya gets the credit. He is encouraging a lot of devotees all over and making them chant their rounds early in the morning, first thing in the morning. And they are doing it. I am seeing so many devotees are getting up at 3.30, uh, 3 o'clock, and finishing their rounds by 5 o'clock. <laughs> so, uh, so that's very laudable. Because I, I notice, like, if I don't finish my rounds early in the morning, at least most of my rounds in the morning, then I have difficulty. Sometimes I have I, I have things to do in the morning, like sometimes I get conference calls at the middle of the night. Uh, because sometimes we have conference calls for the GBC matters. Like that has to kind of synchronize America, Europe, India and Australia. Uh, can you imagine? Uh, it's 24 hours practically. And often I have to bear the brunt of it. Like, it's, it's something like this. When it is 12.30 midnight, uh, or let's say, yeah, okay, 12.30, let's take it that way. 12.30 midnight, it's 5 o'clock in the morning in Australia. And it is, then the rest of the European thing is alright. It's to synchronize between India and Australia and West Coast, uh, America. So, 12.30 here, 5 o'clock Australia, and it's 6 o'clock in, I'm sorry, uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, 7 o'clock in London, and it's one o'clock in New York afternoon and it's ten o'clock in 
Los Angeles. So I have to be at the brand India. <laughs> Makes me humble. <laughs> because then it comes to my time as 12.30 uh, and at midnight and anyway, so things are happening in this way. Like, I mean, when you get the responsibilities, you have to make the sacrifice. And in a way it's good, like I feel, that is, I'm not doing it for my sake. Yagartat karmana. Doing it for Krishna. Whatever difficulties I'm tolerating, whatever difficulties I'm going through, it's for Srila Prabhupada and for Krishna. <clears throat> and what is the benefit when you offer things to Krishna? Or when we act on behalf of Krishna? Devotees of the Lord are released from all kinds of sins because they eat food which is offered first to sac first for sacrifice. Others who prepare food for personal sense enjoyment verily eat only sin. Jagashishtasino Santa Muchante Sarvakil Vishai. But Bhunjate Te Tagang Papa Jo Pachanti Atma Karanat. So that is the benefit of doing things for Krishna. And that's the disadvantage of doing things for ourselves. When you do things for Krishna, then what happens? We get the result as in the form of Krishna's mercy. Krishna's prasad. And Krishna's prasad purifies our hearts, frees us from a sinful reaction. So another verse is very nice in this chapter. Like how Jagga is important has been pointed out. Annad Bhavanti Bhutani. Parjannad Annasambhava. Jagad bhavati parjanna, yagga karma samadbhava. Annad bhavanti bhutani. Living entities survive, living entities. Uh, all the living bodies subsist, subsist on food grains. Right? Now, how does the food come? Due to rain. Parjannad annasambhava. And how, what causes the rain? Yagad Bhavati Parjana. The rains are produced by performance of yagya, sacrifice. And yagya is born of prescribed duties. Therefore, without being attached to the fruits of activities, one should act as a matter of duty. For by working without attachment, one attains the Supreme. So from third chapter anyway, this is how the, the third chapter is reminding us how to act. So you get the thing, the sequence. Second chapter is reminding us about our spiritual identity. We are spiritual beings. Hmm. 
And third chapter is reminding us how should we act, how we should act. Hmm. There's the first aspect of karma yoga. How should we act? Hmm. And uh, in this way, all these verses, anyway, keep reading, huh? just read the chapters yourselves carefully. Maybe So, uh, <clears throat> then the fourth chapter, hmm, the fourth chapter is revealing Krishna's identity. Who is Krishna? Hmm. Who is Krishna? The Supreme Personality of Godhead. How do you know? Huh? So that is Krishna is proving it. After speaking the third chapter, uh, Krishna in the beginning of fourth chapter, Krishna says, I gave this knowledge to, who did Krishna give this knowledge to? Sun God, Vivashwan. And then Krishna says, then from Vivashwan, Manu, Manu to Ikshaku, in this way, in a disciplic succession of the saintly kings, this knowledge was flowing. See, the saintly kings those days had this knowledge. First thing, they are not this body. Hmm. They knew that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and they knew that the act, all the activities must be executed, must be performed for the sake of Krishna's pleasure. So can you imagine if the kings are aware of, if the leaders of the nations are aware of this fact, what will be the condition of that country? Hmm. I mean naturally the, hmm, the whole country will be extremely exalted, all the citizens will be extremely exalted and all the citizens will be uh, extremely peaceful and happy and content. When proper leadership is there, the followers enjoy that. Followers derive the benefit of good leadership. And we are seeing nowadays, because of lack of proper leadership, people are so unhappy. There is so much, so much anarchy, so much uh, dissatisfaction, so much lawlessness. It's all because of bad leadership. And where can, how does good leadership come about? It comes from Krishna Consciousness. If we know uh, these simple facts that we are not this body, enjoyment through the body is not the goal of life. The goal of life is to achieve our spiritual perfection. And the spiritual perfection comes by being surrendered to the Lord. And the display of the surrender to the Lord is demonstrated by 
acting on behalf of the Lord, acting for the sake of the Lord's pleasure. So that way what happens is, one naturally, even though he may be the king, he naturally becomes detached. He may live in, in intense luxury. He may live in inconceivable opulent environment, but he is detached, he is untouched. The example is given just like the lotus in the water. Although it's in the water, it doesn't touch the water. So that should be the mentality of the leaders. Yes, a lot of uh, recognition, honor, etc. will come, but they'll be unaffected by that. As I said, more it comes, the more humble he becomes. So when a leader harbors that kind of attitude, then naturally his whole performance, his performance becomes completely different. He doesn't do anything for his pleasure. He is doing it for the Lord's pleasure. And while he is doing it for the Lord's pleasure, he is also seeing that all his followers also need to be engaged in the service of the Lord. So when that happens, uh, when he takes care of his citizens, knowing well that they are the children of Krishna, Krishna has put him in that position to take care of them. Then you can well imagine what's going to be his attitude towards them. So that is the advantage that India was uh, experiencing, India was enjoying in those days. The saintly kings were ruling this world. Those were uh, Krishna conscious, Krishna's devotees. But then, uh, in the fourth chapter, when Krishna mentioned that I gave this knowledge to Vivashan, Vivashwan gave it to his son Manu, Manu gave it to his son Ikshaku, and then through a chain of disciplic succession, chain of saintly kings in succession, this knowledge was flowing, but Sakaleneha Mahata Yoganashtaparantapa. This yoga got spoiled in due course of time. Sakaleneha. And then Krishna declared, Sa evayang mayate adya yoga prakta puratana. Therefore I am telling you about this old yoga, yoga prakta puratana. Because bhakto sime sakacheti rahasang hi etaduttamam. Because you are my devotee and you are my bhakta and you are my sakha, you are my friend. Bhakto sime sakacheti. So <clears throat> that is the culture. 
But then one question came to Arjun's mind, naturally. That is, Krishna here born just the other day. And Vivashwan was born so many billions of years ago. So, kathametat bijaniyam tamado praktabhaniti. How can I understand that you spoke that to him? You imparted this knowledge to him. You see, this is the wonderful thing about Bhagavad Gita. Krishna is just speaking to Arjun and dispelling Arjun's doubts. Arjun is coming up with questions and Krishna is dispelling Arjun's doubt. And through that, Krishna is teaching us. That is the nice thing about Bhagavad Gita. Now, isn't it a natural question? Like, just consider, nobody else is there, just Krishna and Arjun. Krishna tells Arjun that I gave this knowledge. And Arjun's immediate reaction is, how can I understand that you gave this knowledge to Vivashwan? And what is Krishna's answer? Uh, Krishna's answer is, Bohuni me bhyatitani janmani tavacharjuna. Arjun, many many times you have taken birth, so did I. But tani ahang beda sarvani, about all those births I remember everything. But you don't remember anything. Hmm. So here is Krishna is establishing the difference between us and him. Let's be honest. Do you remember anything about a previous birth? No. No. So that is a natural happening. Everybody after death forgets about his birth, that life. Then he gets a new body, gets a new birth, uh, and then he starts to collect informations in his memory. And as the time goes by, his informations are stored, and that becomes his knowledge. But then again, when he dies, uh, the page where all those informations were there, wiped out. Uh, that's what happens to us. Because our informations are collected in relation to the body. Uh, through our sense perception, we collected those informations. So, because these informations are in relation to the body, when the body is finished, the informations are lost. I mean, that way we can actually consider a computer. <laughs> when a computer breaks down, what happens? Huh? All its informations are lost. Computer is a beautiful replication of human being, where computer has memory and the computer has program. The program is the intelligence and memory is the memory.
With a human being, what is intelligence is actually the program. The memory is there. What is intelligence? Uh, collect information from the memory and combine them together. Isn't that the function of the intelligence? Uh, and doesn't the computer does do that? In, you feed the information and then uh, you have different programs uh, and those informations are put together. So death is something like computer going kaput. <laughs> anyway, the word kaput in German means breaks down, goes bad. Is that in Dutch also? Yeah, kaput. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that is what it is. Your one computer is gone, finished, then what do you do? You get a new computer. <laughs> then you store the informations there. Huh? Set the programs. Huh? So here, computer is the body and you are the soul. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so anyway, so the point is, that our memory is in relation to the body, so when the body is finished, the memory is lost. Whereas Krishna's case is different. Krishna says that, that doesn't happen with me, I remember everything. Tani ahang beda sarvani, I remember everything. Not tang vetha but you Arjun, you do not. So that is the first consideration, the difference between Jivatma and Supreme Personality of Godhead. Here we'll notice that those idiots who claim that they are God, uh, they don't have these simple informations. Uh, if they had these information, then they would never have claimed that they are God. They would immediately consider, uh, God is God and I am whatever I am. But people situated in knowledge understands it. That's the first one of the first things that we learn in our spiritual life. We are qualitatively one with Krishna, but quantitatively we are different. And Krishna, why Krishna never forgets? One simple consideration is not only he has an inconceivable ability, but the other consideration is that he doesn't change his body. Krishna doesn't change his body. Therefore there is no question of forgetfulness in him. All the informations he has. Like we die, Krishna never dies. And Krishna may assume different bodies, but all those bodies are also eternal. His expansions. How he does that, that's another story. We don't know how he does that. We'll never be able to know how he does that. So, <clears throat> so this is how uh, Krishna is establishing uh, his identity as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, and then Krishna is telling, I am Aja, 
although I am unborn, I don't, I am not born ever. Although I am unborn, uh, although I am unborn and my transcendental body never deteriorates. Ajopi san abhyatma bhutanam isharopi san and although I am the Lord of all living entities, but prakriting sham adhishthaya sambhavami atma mayaya. I shall appear, I still appear in every millennium in my original transcendental form. Sambhavami. Krishna is not born. Uh, but Krishna manifests himself, Sambhapami. And why does Krishna come? Then he is giving the reason of his coming. Yada yadahi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharataha abhutthanam adharmasya tadatmanam shijam maham Whenever there is a, whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious practice, O descendant of Bharat, and a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time I descend myself. Krishna descends to rectify the situation. His, his coming here is, can be compared to there is some, there is some disorder in the kingdom. Then what does the king do? Say, some people are brewing a revolution. The king gets the message. Then what does the king do? He goes there. And he, uh, he takes care of that. So Krishna's coming here is something like that. He comes here to rectify the troubled situation. And coming here, what does Krishna do? Paritranaya sadhunam binashaya chitushkutam. The purpose of his coming is twofold. Uh, one is to protect the devotees. The devotees are hankering for Krishna's association. They, are, they have accepted Krishna. They are fully convinced about Krishna's, Krishna's existence. And with that conviction they are serving Krishna with, with all their ability, all their resources. And they wish I wish someday I could see Krishna. So then Krishna actually fulfills their desires. Okay, I'll come. And by coming here, Krishna gives him gives them his association, and through that association, they they derive incredible delight, incredible joy. <coughs> And then Krishna is telling one thing, very nice, that janma karma chame dibhyam. 
माय बर्थ जन्म एंड कर्म माय एक्टिविटीज आर दिव्यम दिव्यम मीन्स ट्रांसेंडेंटल डिवाइन दे आर नॉट of this material nature they are spiritual and that means we take birth in a certain way we take birth due to our own karma but krishna's appearance is not like that krishna doesn't have to come here take birth uh, for his karmic reaction or for any cause krishna can come any time at his will uh, so that's why his birth apparent birth and his activities are divyam divine transcendental and evam jyoti tatvatah one who knows that in truth takta dehan punarjanma naiti mameti shwarjana one who knows that that my birth and my activities are transcendental he after he leaves his body won't have to come back to this world again so see how wonderful it is just by knowing that krishna's birth is divine just by understanding that we can become free from the cycle of birth and death that is how wonderful krishna's birth is we simply have to wholeheartedly recognize that whatever whenever krishna comes in whichever way he comes it's his transcendental leela and his activities here are transcendental activities leela if we simply understand that then we'll become free from the cycle of birth and death in simple words i can ask like when i was telling this narrations activities of krishna for last few days from shriman bhagavatam how many of you accepted it with full faith that these are all real it's not maharaj is fabricating some stories and entertaining us how many of you considered that how many of you considered that it was all real once again Uh, very good uh, and you know what's the reward for that huh takta dehan punarjanma naiti mametishvarjana you can rest assured that you won't have to come back again unless of course krishna wants you to come uh, for some to fulfill some specific objective Of course, the question: How many of one? Anyway, I asked that question before, and no one wants to come back. <laughs> so, takta dehang punar janma, naiti mame tishwar. You see how easily we can become free from the cycle of birth and death. That's why it is said that devotee is not interested or worried about liberation. Liberation is a side effect of devotional service. It's a side effect. Uh, liberation, you can see, is a waste product of devotional service. Koti jan me Brahma gyan jai mukti nae 
শুধুমাত্র নামা ভাষে সেই মুক্তি So that is how wonderful this Krishna consciousness is. Now this is an important verse from the fourth chapter. How to receive this knowledge? How can one receive this knowledge? Can this knowledge be acquired through scholarship? By lots of extensive studies of the Vedas? By memorizing the verses? Giving eloquent lectures? Then what is the criteria? The criteria is to receive the mercy of a devotee who has this knowledge. Just consider how we got this knowledge. Prabhupada went, Prabhupada came and he made this wonderful arrangement and as a result of that we all are here. Had Prabhupada not have come, could we receive this knowledge? No. So that is the important consideration. And that has been mentioned how to receive this knowledge. Tadviddhi, this is 434, 4th chapter, 34th verse. Tadviddhi pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya upadikshanti te jnanam just try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master. Inquire from him submissively and render service unto him. The self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because they have seen the truth. Then I go to text 36, it's also a beautiful verse. What an assurance Krishna is giving. Even if you are considered to be the most sinful of all sinners, even if you are considered to be the most sinful of all sinners, when you are situated in the boat of transcendental knowledge, you will be able to cross over the ocean of miseries. Isn't it wonderful? Who can say that he didn't commit any sin? Only a fool will say that he didn't commit any sin. So we all are unknowingly or knowingly we have committed so many sins. 
But the moment we accept this process, we become free from all our sinful reactions. Krishna is giving that assurance. And this is also, this, in a way, this is the same thing that Krishna is telling in Sarvadharman Paritejya. Uh, here he is saying, uh, here he is being even more emphatic actually. Api ched asi papibhya. Api means even if you are. Api ched, even if you are asi, you are. Papibhya of all the sinners. Sarvebhya papakrittama. Sarvebhya papibhya means of all the sinners. Even if you are the worst of the sinners, uh, the most sinful than all the sinful personalities, even then you will become free uh, from all those sinful reactions if you just surrender to Krishna. Sarvadharman Paritajya Mamikam Sharanamraja. <clears throat> okay, so I'll just go, I'll skip the fifth chapter. This you read on your own. Then you go to the sixth chapter. Uh, sixth chapter uh, is describing about. Sixth chapter is describing about uh, the transcendental uh, knowledge or it is leading to yoga. Like Uddhare Dhatmanatmanam Natmanam Abhushadayet Atmai bahi atmano bandhur, atmai bari puratmana. One must deliver himself with the help of his mind. With our mind we have to deliver ourselves. With our intelligence we have to deliver ourselves. The mind is the friend of the conditioned soul and his enemy as well. The mind can be our dear most best friend, the mind can also be the worst enemy. He who regulates his habits of eating, sleeping, recreation and work can mitigate all material pains by practicing the yoga system. This yoga is, this yoga is the Bhakti Yoga, devotional service to the Lord. From wherever the mind wanders due to its flickering and unsteady nature, one must certainly withdraw it and bring it back under the control of the self. Uh, so uh, this, this verse is very important uh, for us to consider that so often we face the situation that I am chanting, but my mind is wandering. So often I ask, devotees ask, ask me that my mind is not steady, 
I can't uh, mind wavers, uh, mind wanders while I'm chanting uh, what to do. Mm. So the answer is here. Uh, wherever the mind wanders, what should you do? Should you just go and complain? Maharaj, you know why my mind is going? And the thing is, huh, then we have to go back to the previous verse that I mentioned. Our mind can be our friend, our mind can be our enemy. So it's with our mind that we have to deliver ourselves. Uddhared Atmanatmanam. We have to deliver our mind, we have to deliver ourselves with the help of the mind. So when the mind wanders, what should we do? Bring it back. Bring it back. Ah, that will be the honest thing to do. You are complaining, my mind is wandering. Ah, then if you realize, the first question is, do you want the mind to wander? Naturally not. Then when you see that the mind is wandering, then bring it back to wherever it's supposed to be. And where it's supposed to be when you are chanting. It should be in your ears. When you are chanting, you should simply hear the transcendental sound vibration. Hmm. And a devotee, what's his vision like? A devotee who is situated in proper spiritual understanding, spiritual knowledge. For one who sees me everywhere and sees everything in me, I am never lost, nor he is ever lost to me. <clears throat> so, huh? a pure devotee's perception Hmm. is that he sees the Lord everywhere and he sees everyone in the Lord. Hmm. For one who sees me everywhere and sees everything in me, I am never lost to him, nor he is ever lost to me. Now how do we see that? It's not that we have to see the Lord everywhere, but uh, Prabhupada is pointing out that through everything, through every aspect, we can actually experience Krishna. And Prabhupada gives the example, like Krishna says, Rasoham Apsukontya. Uh, I am the taste of water. So when you drink water, that so nicely quenches our thirst, then what do we feel, what do we think? Yeah, this taste is Krishna. Prabhashmi Sasisurjaya When you are seeing the rays of the sun and beams of the moon, 
then we should recognize that they are coming from Krishna. This light is Krishna. So in this way we can see Krishna through everything. We are taking prasad. Oh, how delicious. Oh, Krishna tasted it in this way. And Krishna so mercifully has given this prasad to us. Saprasad, Krishna varadayamai, koribare jubhajai, saprasad annadilabhai. So mercifully he gave us this prasad. So in this way we can always see Krishna. Uh, through Shastra Chakshusha. Then towards the end, Krishna is making a very beautiful statement. Tapasibhya adhiko yogi Gyanibhascha matodhika Karmibhascha adhiko yogi Tasmat Yogi Bhavarjuna. Tapusibhya Adhiko Yogi. Tapusi means those who perform austerities, ascetic. A yogi is greater than the ascetic, greater, greater than the empiricist, and greater than the fruitive workers. Therefore, O Arjuna, in all circumstances, be a yogi. So even if we take it, take it as Ashtanga Yoga, then also we can consider that Ashtanga Yoga is greater than uh, austerities and penances, is uh, greater than the Gana aspect. And it's greater than, or it's greater than karma, jnana yoga and karma yoga. Uh, why? Because through the yoga system, ultimately one sees the Lord in the heart. And when one achieves that, then he becomes a devotee. Because seeing the Lord in the heart automatically induces one to become, to surrender unto him. And that's what Krishna is mentioning in the next verse. Yogi Namopi Sarvesham Madgati Nantaratmanaha Shraddhavan Bhajate Jomam Same Jukta Tamomataha Yogi Namopi Sarvesham of all the yogis. Yogi Namopi Sarvesham Madgati Nantaratmanaha One with great faith who always abides in me. One who with great faith abides in Krishna, thinks of me within himself and renders transcendental loving service to me. He is the most intimately united with me in yoga and is the highest of all. That is my opinion. Sami Yukta Tamo So who is the best of the yogis? One who has become a devotee of Krishna. 
one who has become so most intimately connected to Krishna through devotional service. He is the greatest of all the yogis. So Krishna is pointing out here, the yogi, a yogi is better than uh, a tapasi, ascetic. Yogi is better than a empiricist or a person who is situated in knowledge. He is uh, greater than the karmi, the fruity workers. Therefore, Arjun, you become a yogi. But then he is saying, of all the yogis, my devotee is the best. So this is how Krishna is establishing the supremacy of devotional service. Sometimes people say that, oh, because you are devotees, uh, you are trying to uh, prove or you are trying to claim that your, your process is the best. But is that really the case? Is this our words or this Krishna's words? Are we saying that we are the best? Or is Krishna who is saying devotional service is the best? So if that is the case, uh, then yes, we are very fortunate that we have accepted devotional service. What happened? It's okay. Okay, since you, it, since you took the trouble of coming here. <laughs> so that is how uh, the devotional service is established by Krishna as the best. Now in Bhagavad Gita, first six chapters are dealing with Karma Yoga. The last six chapters are dealing with Jnana Yoga. And middle six chapters are dealing with Bhakti. Now is it like this, that Karma Yoga is the lowest, the next is Bhakti devotional service, and then Gnana Yoga? Are you sure? <laughs> okay, prove it. The general sequence is like that. Karma, Bhakti, Gnana. So it so looks like uh, Gnana is the highest. Uh, what's your uh, response to that? The respo our response is, the most valuable thing is kept in the middle. Where do you keep all your money? <laughs> right. Locked up in the most safe place. In a locket where the most precious gem is fixed. In the middle. In a ring where is the most precious gem is fixed. In the middle. Therefore, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna kept bhakti in the middle between these two uh, sections of jnana and karma. Okay, thank you very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Does anybody have any question?
Outside world is very powerful defectors. Like you were saying that it's difficult for us to chant. And outside world is very The influence of the outside world, material world, is very overwhelming. Yeah. So how can we do it otherwise? Move into the temple and become a full time devotee. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> See, the choice is yours. <laughs> you are being bashed up. Anyway, I don't. I am also not serious about that. I will say, work outside for two years after you complete your studies. You completed your studies, eh? and for how many years you are working now? Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Okay. Very good. So now you can submit your resignation. Oh no, initiation is not the thing. <laughs> I am saying moving into the temple. <laughs> okay, I don't want to push you too much. As I said, choice is yours. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Yeah, go ahead. No, if you you are not satisfied with the answer. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So, any other question? You can ask the question, Kriti Kumari, if you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Himesh Indore. Where is Himesh? Okay. How does we, <laughs> not how does we, how do we? Huh? How do, or how can we be, how can we assure ourselves that we will be able to see, remember, recognize and meet our spiritual master even after our death? since we forget everything of previous birth after our death. Well, the spiritual master will come and grab you by your sikha <laughs> and will try to rescue you. <laughs> okay? Yeah. The thing is, you see, like Krishna, when you surrender unto Krishna, then Krishna takes care of you. Like you may forget, but Krishna will not. Right? If you surrender to Krishna, then Krishna will save you. Okay? So that is the biggest assurance. We have surrendered to Krishna, and Krishna said that he will always give protection. So that is our uh, main source of confidence. Hmm. Harichandran Das. Okay. <laughs> Please accept my humble obeisances until you know, all glories to Sri Prabhupada. Okay. I have a question. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was discussing 
साध्य साधन तत्व विथ रामानंद राय एट सम पॉइंट रामानंद कोटेड वर्स फ्रॉम भगवद गीता 1866 टू एस्टाब्लिश दैट स्वधर्म टैग इज अल्टीमेट बट महाप्रभु रिजेक्टेड दैट एंड टोल्ड टू प्रोसीड अहेड बट वी नो दैट सरेंडरिंग एंड टू लॉर्ड इज द हाइस्ट ऑफ हाइस्ट ऑफ डूइंग भक्ति सो वाई महाप्रभु रिजेक्टेड दैट एंड हाउ वी शुड लुक इन टू दिस एस्पेक्ट या इसी दैट सर्वधर्मान पड़ित्य दैट इंस्ट्रक्शन इज नॉट द अल्टिमेट इन अ वे इज द बिगिनिंग यू गेट द पॉइंट लाइक यू सरेंडर but there is there are things there are you know aspects beyond that surrender surrender is the beginning and that will take you to higher and higher like for example the last verse of bhagavad gita is to last instruction of bhagavad gita is to surrender but the first instruction our first consideration of shrimad bhagavatam is surrender bhagavad in simple words we can say bhagavad gita is ending with surrender shrimad bhagavatam is beginning with surrender you get the point swadharma tag actually dharma that has been mentioned here is varnashram dharma right so surrendering varnashram dharma or rejecting varnashram or transcending varnashram dharma uh, is still a material consideration right because varnashram is a material consideration because this surrender is not taking to the pure devotion and that is mahaprabhu's purpose right that's why when mahav chaitra when uh, uh, ramananda roy spoke about uh, sarvadharman paritajyam which is swadharma tag mahaprabhu rejected that then ramananda roy mentioned about gyan yoga right and he quoted the verse brahma bhuta prasannatma mahaprabhu rejected that hmm. but finally when ramananda i spoke about uh, pure devotion hmm, which had been uh, where he quoted the verse sthane sthitva shruti gatang tanubang manobhi when being situated wherever one is with his body mind and words when he serves the supreme personality of godhead that is uh, pure devotional service so mahaprabhu accepted that so what mahaprabhu is doing step by step he is coming to that platform rejecting 
all the other processes. You got it? Kirti Kumari, you have mentioned that Ashtanga Yoga is higher because one actually can perceive the Lord in his heart and when he sees the Lord he will feel inclined to surrender unto him. So does he surrender to Krishna or Paramatma aspect of Krishna? And if so, what is then his destination after death? <clears throat> you see, when one surrenders unto Krishna, I'm sorry, when a yogi sees as the Paramatma and surrenders unto him, then Paramatma becomes the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hmm. You see, when we are unconcerned about Him, then He is Super Soul, Witness, standing there watching you. Hmm. But when love is offered, and loving devotional service is offered, then Krishna cannot stay uh, inactive. He reciprocates. So it's through devotion of the devotee, Super Soul becomes Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hmm. Shankarshan Nitai Das. Okay. What should be the priority order of our spiritual responsibilities? What should be the priority order of our spiritual responsibility? How many responsibilities do you have? <laughs> huh? After chanting? Uh, did you include four regulative principles? Is <laughs> already included? The next thing is read Prabhupada's books. Okay? And then service. Uh, read Prabhupada's books and service, both. Right? It's not that uh, because you have service you don't have time to read. No, serve and read as well. Alright? Question, Dekhi, Nation. Anandamai Das, Hyderabad. Hare Krishna, Anandamai Prabhu, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. In the foreword of Brahma Samhita English edition, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Maharaj writes, quote, one of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur's devout followers has rendered his commentary into English for propagatory purpose. The question is, who is that devout follower? Is he Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati himself or is he one of his learned disciples such as Professor Sarnal? Yeah, I actually asked this question to Sridhar Maharaj and Sridhar Maharaj told me that Actually, Bhakti Siddhanta Sharshita could didn't translate Brahma Samhita. Uh, 
it was it was professor sanal who did that thank you anandamay prabhu anandamay prabhu is my god brother from france but who lives in hyderabad taking care of the bbt there dharmendra krishna when a person dies and his body is kept for days then does it affect soul and subtle body to transmigrate in another body good question most likely he remains as a ghost you keep the body the chances are that he may hover around the body because of his attachment to the body as a ghost that's why in europe and america europe and other countries in the west there's so many ghosts <laughs> because they don't burn the bodies they keep it buried so I'm waiting for the judgment day <laughs> and hopefully some day it will come <laughs> yes generally in the you see uh general the material attachment and sinful activities doesn't allow the living entity the the subtle body to move on to his next destination it can happen even after burning but when you burn the body then you actually making that pos reducing that possibility of becoming a ghost because the body is not there the guy is moving around leaving the body i mean sometimes it happens uh, most of the time it happens actually one remains in a subtle body and through shraddha shanti his soul is relieved from that bondage and if the body is not there uh, then uh, the chances of his becoming attached is reduced considerably some some of the shit i've also heard that some of the soul enters into not soul but ghost enters into people's body and they become sensual that is it true they actually enter into yeah you see the ghosts have a subtle body and in the subtle body they have their desires but they don't have the means to fulfill that desire right say for example in the subtle body we may have desire to eat but if we don't have the gross body can we eat in the subtle body we have desire to drink but if we don't have the gross body then can we drink so the ghost situation is like that they have the desire to eat and drink and do various things but they don't have the means to do that so that's why what they try to do sometimes possess somebody uh, that's why the word is used possess 
possessed. And through that body, they try to fulfill their desires. So that is the time one gets haunted. And they generally possess the weak bodies, weak individuals. Okay. So, okay, thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.